0: This is Talk Freight. Talk Freight. And this is Craig Bliss. What is up, everybody? It is Craig. Today is Friday, but we are doing our Make More Money sponsored by truckstop.com today. Let me tell you, any day other than Monday just does not ring the same when I say make more money. Uh, It feels like it has to say make more money Monday sponsored by truckstop.com but I definitely appreciate appreciate y'all bearing with me as we are doing it today on Friday. I'm obviously late to the game because I was unable to broadcast on Friday, but definitely, excuse me, here I am. As always, Make More Money Show is sponsored by Truckstop.com. No matter what hat you wear, Truckstop.com has all the tools you need to manage loads and drive profits. I hope everybody had an outstanding week Typically on a Monday, I'm saying I hope everybody had an outstanding weekend, but now it is time to end the week, if you're most people, and not like my buddy Kyle Graves, who works seven days a week. Uh, It's time to finally end the week, take at least a moment of relaxation, refresher, to get prepared for the next week going ahead. The good news is we are almost to the end of 2020 because it's basically September. The next time you and I speak, it will be September so it's almost time in 2020, if, you, uh, if you're if you like me, you want this year to end as fast as it can to start up a new money-making year, I like to call the New Year's. Anyways, tonight, we're actually having a guest on. You know, the last couple of shows, we have pulling out guests out of the old logistics vault here, so tonight is no different. We are having Chris Jolly, he goes by the Freight Coach on LinkedIn on tonight, to talk about winning. <laughs> You know, on this show, we like to talk about how to make more money, Uh, but making more money is also, you know, has to do with winning, okay? And that's what I want to talk about tonight. And now, before I bring Chris Jolly on to introduce himself, he goes by the Freight Coach primarily on LinkedIn. If you're familiar with Cassandra Gaines or Jamin, who does videos on LinkedIn, you probably have seen Chris Jolly in the Freight Coach. I've known him for a little bit now i was introduced by somebody else in the logistics industry so i'm definitely glad he's able to come on kind of give his tips and tricks and experience to help freight agents freight brokers and of course as i always say any tips or tricks that are made for brokers or freight agents is good for a truck driver to enhance their business and of course make more money I like to call them the trucking secrets. I don't know. But if a broker can use it to make more money or land shippers, truck driver can do the same. And that's why we got Chris on here. So I'm actually going to pull Chris up here out of the green screen and I'm going to have him introduce himself. I think it's popping up on here. I'm going to have him introduce himself to you guys just in case you don't know him. Chris, can you see me? Can you hear me?
1: I can, Craig. Thank you so much for having me uh, on this evening. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to get
0: you on. Like I was telling you earlier, I see you killing it with your LinkedIn show. I saw you on the Mad Gains, which is Cassandra Gains' show a few times. Seeing you talk always jamming. I know you have a podcast, so I'm definitely excited to get you on to talk freight with our group Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers.
1: Oh, definitely, man. And that's, I mean, I'm a freight nerd at heart. It's its legitimately going through my blood, man. Like, you know, my grandfather drove, my father drove for 40 years, uncles drove. So it's like, I've been around this my entire life and it's just, it's, it's, it's I'm very passionate about this industry and helping it move forward in a positive direction.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's exactly what I see and hear from you. Um, I haven't listened to your podcast yet, but from your videos that you post on LinkedIn, That's exactly what I see and hear from you. I assumed you had trucking running through your your blood. It's because typically brokers or people work on the broker side. They're not too in tune with truck drivers. So when I seen that you're pretty much in tune with truck drivers, I knew you were on the transportation industry. So for the people who may have not seen you or heard your show, uh, what do you currently do now? Where do you live? What are you all about? What's your goals in life? How about you tell our truck driver and freight broker friends?
1: No, definitely. So I'm I'm currently living uh, just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. I'm from the Midwest at heart. I'm a Wisconsin boy, born and raised, you know, from a small farming community out there. So, you know, blue collar work is all I've ever known. Um, And, you know, I've been in the freight industry for 15 years, uh, 10 years as a freight broker. And five years before that, I worked for a large asset company for while I was in college for a little bit. I worked on the warehousing side, loading trucks while I was in college and really just kind of fell into brokerage you know my, my old man always told me you know he never wanted to see me behind the wheel of a truck you know he said it's not a life that he wanted for his kids right and right so he always told me to work with my brain not my back and i kind of fell into brokerage it was i, I kind of got into it on accident i was moving out west here and uh, a good buddy of mine's friend was a branch manager for a freight brokerage and he was like hey i want you to talk to this guy so i talked to him got hired over the phone and nice. Ten years later, here I
0: am. Yeah, I think if you're on the broker side or anybody watching or listening on the podcast, Talk Break podcast, listening, um, I think everybody just falls into brokerage. I mean, that's how yeah. I fell into it. I only been in this game for about 10 years. and March, was either 10 or 11 years, whatever. But haven't been in it very long compared to, you know, other veterans. But everybody I talked to, they're like, yeah, I was working, you know, wherever, random. And all of a sudden, yeah. I find myself in logistics. But one thing I think everybody else um, can kind of relate to: once you're in logistics, you're not getting out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very
1: true. We we say this, you know, if you make it, if you make it past six months, you're in it for life in some <laughs> capacity. You might not be a traditional freight broker your entire career or driver your entire right, career, right. but you're doing something with freight.
0: No, exactly right. And I do like how your old man said, you know uh work with your brain you know i i was never told that because um i guess in some ways or another because my family did not come from truckers i suppose uh you can call myself first generation logistics really <laughs> but i never had anybody told me not to go in and not to go in brokerage or what have you but i have worked on all sides um it seems like very comparable to your history there and that's yep. where you got um, kind of that that full circle knowledge there so no yep. definitely and, that, and that's kind of how I got to where I am today
1: by starting my own consulting business is you know I'm, I'm here just to help improve training and development on the brokerage side sure. I want to elevate companies. I want to give them an opportunity to really invest in training because you know I see a lot of the complaints out there, from, you know, the, the drivers and, you know, carriers and everything else. And right. a lot of it's warranted, you know, a lot of it's warranted and, and, and a lot of it boils down to, you know, if we just invested some more time and some training on the right. core fundamentals of this industry, a lot of these problems that arise between brokers and carriers could be easily avoided. So
0: I totally agree with that. And I think one thing that everybody says, not only myself, you know. Of course, nobody wants more regulations, you know, in this industry, you know, myself included. However, I think, you know, we can all mostly agree on the brokerage side is very much left unregulated. Not a lot of rules. Maybe regulated is not the right word to use, but there is definitely not a lot of rules in that industry. So as you, as you know, it's almost like the wild, wild west sometimes. And that's where the driver's frustration comes from is these brokers operating um like during the wild wild west really yeah no i I
1: feel you and it is you know like because we don't physically have equipment that we're regular. you know we don't have to work you know 11 hours out of the day drive time and you know you're shut down you don't have the sleeper break rules we don't have all that you know there's not a lot of hoops for us to jump through but you know there are costs associated with running a freight road oh of course yeah there, there are overhead costs granted they don't you know they don't Come with the form of a fifteen thousand dollars engine rebuild <laughs> in case something happens or thousand dollars to replace your your tires and stuff like that no you're, but, you're right you're right you know it's like i get it you know but that's the that's one of those things when you jump into trucking you know you need to know all the costs of running your operation and just like on a brokerage side too you know like i know it pales in comparison but you know it, it the general overhead per employee not including salaries pushing three three to four thousand dollars a month just per employee
0: Right, right. No, I, I'm with you there, especially the larger yeah. the operation, of course, the mm-hmm. larger, um, uh, you know, overhead you got or the cost per shipment moved. I know of if course. you work at large brokerages, you definitely watch your cost per shipment moved. Last one I worked, that was like 125, I guess, for a freight. So if you made under 125 yeah. in margin, the company technically wasn't making much. Um, but technically since as an agent you had like a 50 minimum you actually had to make like 175 for the company to make anything yeah you know really and and of and, course you only and, get that small part there yeah and that's how it was you know
1: like the breakdown for me was you know it was around like 73 dollars a load and that was for yep. every person that touched it from the second you accepted it to closing it out via billing
0: so yeah i'm with you there good deal and now I kind of want to get into your logistics consulting a little bit yeah. because as you probably know, I do that myself. I've been doing yeah. that for about two years, you know, give or take, um, you know, under my own name there. And now with you providing uh, consulting services to your network, are you mainly going out to the freight brokers? Are you going out to the freight agents to help enhance your business? Do you have some yeah. truck driver friends? Uh, what do you no, do it's there? A, nope.
1: Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's a combination of both of, of the small independent freight agents who are at a growth phase. Spot. There we go. You know, like they're they're ready to bring somebody else on, but they're still managing a book of business. They're still involved right. in the day-to-day and they can't necessarily step away, but they can't miss an opportunity to bring somebody on to expand their business. So, instead of hiring somebody to come in just to manage one person essentially, they can contract with an individual like myself. We work together let's right. come up i'm not looking to change your your business model i'm not looking to change anything i'm looking to enhance where you're currently at so it's almost like a plug and play sure where a new hire will come in and they're up to speed within a week or two weeks or whatever that is whatever you deem that you would want
0: yeah and i think that's actually fantastic because you know uh the large part of my freight consulting or logistics consulting if you will was actually starting brokerages inside carriers and now I always say the best broker has trucking experience but let me tell you going in and starting a brokerage inside of a trucking company it took a lot of training because the trucking Mm -hmm. dispatchers they know the lanes they know the rates they know all of that jazz but they don't know that brokerage side of things the brokers movement you know responding talking with customers and shippers on a brokerage on the brokerage side so i think what you provide is actually outstanding because that's always been the missing link and a successful brokerage is just straight agent training. Get them up to speed, enhance what they already know, um, to make them more successful. Not only them, but the company that they represent as well.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with you there, Craig. I and mean, you know, that's the thing is, it's like let's let's in, you know increase their knowledge capacity. Let's get them outside of the silo, you know, because that's the thing with the, you know when you're working for a traditional brokerage, and then you may hop over and start your own independent agency. You might only know the one way of thinking from your previous employer, and, and like, and unfortunately, the good and the bad travel with you. Yeah, and if you've never had anybody, not necessarily tear down what you're doing, but critique it, like look at it from an honest outside scope to be like, all right, this is what I would change, or you're doing great right here. Let's let's maybe tweak it a little bit. Right. Here's the experiences that I've had while working in your your position in my past.
0: Yep, and now, but I think that's you know, as I've been saying, out. Standing operational training, uh, not only getting them in their role up to speed, but it almost sounds like you're getting that individual up to speed, um, you know, in the profession, whether they're an agent or a broker there. But let me ask you now in your consulting or with the services you provide, do you also help um, either brokers, freight agents or truck drivers, maybe approach shippers, maybe with some tips and tricks? Do you help train them to land more accounts? Or are you more on the operational side there?
1: No, it's it's a combination of sales and ops. You nice. know, and a, lo- a lot of my sales training that I provide is is this just real objection training? Okay. Because we're all faced with the same five or six objections. They haven't, you know, changed in the <laughs> ten years that I was a freight broker. Yeah, the yeah same. We're asked head only. We're not setting anybody up. No brokers. <laughs> you know, the list goes. We're not. You know, right? We're not activating anybody right now. Yep, yep. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's all the same, but it's like getting them confident in the fact that they're going to hear no a lot and it's not them, you know, And letting them know that, Hey, you're going to be one of 50 people that are calling them that day. How do we differentiate yourself from the pack? How do we, how do we identify instead of going in there and begging for freight? How do we go in there and position ourselves to help them and not put the me, me, me mindset first, which a lot of brokers fall into that trap
0: yeah and you know that's what it is because you know kind of starting from the beginning where you say all the rebuttals or all the rejections if you will they're all the same yeah you know i um i don't know if it's good or bad but i started my career my knowledge and logistics at a mega brokerage so as you can imagine i took all those bad habits those bad business practices in a lot of ways onto my next brokerage thinking i was king of brokering and yeah. I realized uh, real early on that I didn't know shit. I was yeah, full of I mean, bad habits, full of immoral business practice, if you will, in some ways. Yeah. Um, I didn't know anything. It was when I started working at a trucking company, I'm like, ding, light bulb. All my knowledge kind of went full circle experience there.
1: No, I, I agree, man. And there's a, there's a big difference between a sales rep and an account manager. And I think there's yeah. a very blurred line out there on what it is. So a lot of... Individuals who work at a mega, you know, broker or even a mega carrier, they don't have to really fight for anything because essentially That's through right. attrition, they're handed stuff. Yeah. Like, hey, this sales rep just left. I want you to take over this account. It does five thousand in, you know, margin a month. You're like, right, right. Okay. And then they just kind of fall into your lap. And then you're like, oh, I'm the top performer. I'm going to go to this new company. <laughs> then you sell them on these things, and then they're like, when's the last time you made a cold call? You're like, cold call. What you What's guys that? just gonna hand me freight? Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like, you got to sell, you know?
0: <laughs> and, and no, and that selling is why another reason why I had have, have you on here because it's all about winning, especially yeah. if you're a freight agent looking to get to the next level, become a broker or your broker sitting on a plateau at the same margins you've been at all year long. It's all about winning in this game. It's changing your mindset. I know you and I were around the same age. Maybe that's why we're we both think. Um, kind of in tune with each other because it's this new age mindset is going to help you win in this old age trucking industry. I I agree. And, you know, one thing that's never going to
1: change though, Craig, is having relationships with drivers, having relationships with carriers. And that is a massive separating factor out there. Yeah, You know, because I think, you know, I can't speak for every single driver or carrier out there But the ones that I have had relationships with in the past, they want two things. They want consistency and they want a fair price. And you can find like that's your job as a broker. You know, essentially where if your carrier who's regionally based only wants to run 500 miles and heck, they want to make $1,000 a day was a very common theme that I need to make $1,000 a day with my truck. You can find that freight for them and you can keep their their wheels rolling and then just like. You save so much more money that all of this how to get off of that plateau as a broker or a freight agent is finding these carriers to pair up with. There we because go because they're gonna make your problems 99% of the time go away. Because we all know things happen in this industry. Yeah. Trucks are gonna break down, trucks are gonna run late, things happen. Yeah. But the difference is is the the relationships are gonna provide you every single detail that you need to make sure your customer is satisfied, you're satisfied, and the driver's satisfied at the end of the day.
0: No, and I totally agree with that. I think you and I spoke with off camera a little bit, kind of when we both started in this industry, we were not able to post on load boards because we had to find or build a book of carriers. And let me tell you, that was back in uh, 2009, I I can't even remember, it's been a long time, 2009, 2010. Um, Ever since that day, all throughout my career up until I stopped brokering or, be, or being an agent, you know, freight agent day by day. As of last year, I've always was big into keeping and maintaining and building my book of carriers. Not only my book of customers, but my book of carriers because it's yeah. drivers. And when I say carriers, of course, I mean owner ops. Truck yeah, truck everybody, everybody. Has. Yep. But the truck driver is a secret to the success of any operation. And I knew that very early on. And I think my uh, mentor uh, Greg Jasinski, who I who yeah. mentored me at that trucking company. He really pounded that in my head, because as you were talking about late or having issues, one thing he would say is if there's ever an issue, which there always is, if you tell your broker, if your broker good, he will understand and work with you. And that's what I remember, because he never was stressed out when there was issues, because he always had a solution for him, always figured out how to work you know, through him, and it's because he knew he had a great relationship with brokers. And those brokers also trusted, you know, or felt confident in him because yeah. they also had a great relationship, you know, with him as a driver. So it's a win-win yeah. street there.
1: No, it, exactly. And, you know, that's the thing is people are so reliant on just posting freight and hoping to get the cheapest truck. Post and hope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We call it post and pray. That was the one oh, thing. Oh, post you know, was and pray, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah where it's like, I mean, I strived as a broker to have 85% of my freight pre-booked with 10 carriers or less. Wow! And then, you know, from a brokerage standpoint, they didn't care. Like the, the, the drivers, they didn't care about tracking. And after a while, I didn't even have to use tracking with them because it was all texting. Yeah, all... yep. Exactly. It, it's a well-oiled machine. They're comfortable with the shipper and the receiver. They're, they know the freight. They know everything. They know it just as well as I do. And that's like, that's an amazing two-pronged approach to take to any customers, having strategic relationships with regionally based carriers. Oh, and, exactly. Yeah. And it, it just, it saves you so much time and, and and hassle of trying to find these guys when if you would just invest in carrier sales and treat these carriers, drivers, owner, operators as human beings. And the fact that, yeah, it doesn't matter that I'm paying you as a broker right. to care. you know, right. like my mindset, like that's irrelevant. It's... I'm viewing it as you're my first point of interaction at shippers and receivers. And if I'm treating you like shit, yeah, you're going to in turn treat them like shit too. And then it's just, it just rolls up into your lap. So it's like, just take a step back for a second, you know?
0: Yeah, no, definitely right. Especially at the shippers and receivers, because I think a lot of times brokers forget, you know, you read in these freight groups, not only mine, freight brokers and truck drivers, but mm-hmm. all the other big ones. Uh, Truckers would be low to his freight. They would send screenshots of their broker just going crazy on them. And my first thought is, don't these brokers know their shippers load, their customers load in back of their truck? Of course, truck drivers, you know, they're going to pick up and deliver, you know, and all that. But uh, if I was a broker, I want to be doing that. It's, uh, you're relying on that guy you're talking shit to, in lack of better words. Uh, And he saw your freight there. And kind of going along with um, building relationships, you know, I worked at a shipper, worked at a broker, worked at a carrier. Yeah. Since working at a, at a shipper and I went over to a broker, I had a great relationship with a broker. He was on a lane for me, you know, I would say probably four loads a week, you know, 16, 17 a month, what have you. Yeah. Um, he was using the same carrier. And I immediately noticed when he switched truck drivers on me and I had him like, look, guy, I need that guy back. I don't know who you were using. I need that consistent company back because I could tell the service is lacking with your new guy. I can yep. end up to myself and get who I want, or you can pull back in the vault, get that driver back on my load. And the reason why I brought that up, that broker at the time, he found, when I was at the shipper, that broker at the time, he replaced a driver that I like for a guy with a cheaper rate, and I didn't sure. like that. Because I want consistent, great service, not cheap ass service.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there, Craig. And you know, there's one thing that I, was, I always train people, and I still do with my, with my clients is, Overpay the drivers when you don't have to so they undercharge you when they don't have to. Oh.
0: You,
1: you know, it's, it's a very simple concept and it's like there's plenty of carriers out there who don't host their trucks. They don't want to play the spot market because it boils right. down to that consistency where it's like, hey, listen, this lane, for example, is 500 miles. We're just going to go easy math. It pays $1,000. Sure. I'm going to pay you 1100 right now and I'm going to keep it there until the market shifts. You know, Because jet, when you're working with regionally-based lanes, the markets right. do not fluctuate as much as the national averages I, do. I
0: was going to say, yeah, there's not a lot of movement as you see on a larger scale, correct?
1: Exactly. So it's like you can go to your pricing point from your customers and you can offer them contracted freight that fluctuates throughout the year to where it's like, hey, listen, it's a peak month right now. Yeah. Th- this driver could go out and get 1500 on the open market from a broker who he doesn't know with customers that he doesn't know sure. or... I could pay him 1250 1300 bucks a little bit less but it's still the consistent freight the sh- the freight that he's familiar with the yep. lanes that he's familiar with and there's no real guess he's able to plan his loads or she for the next two to three days based off of, of the freight that I'm giving him
0: of course and that not only makes a truck driver's life easier it also makes a brokerage life easier oh my god um, so much easier it, it is I think when I first started in this industry I think they used to call it book and bounce. You know, yeah. I didn't know that was bad when I worked at that first make-up brokerage. It would be, I'll book a truck. Somebody else would find another truck for $25 cheaper. They would send an email saying, bounce, you know, get that guy off the load. I would hate that. It's We're not yeah. in the business of nickel and diming. We're not trading hogs here. We are humans inside trucks, providing a service for what we need to keep our brokerage, Yes, <laughs> you know, I get in business. It, man. That's because what it's, it's like,
1: then what? Then that cheaper truck falls off. Then you got to call the original guy who, you, who <laughs> fell off to hope that his truck's still available. Now that one rate that he gave you is two hundred dollars more, and you don't oh, understand why. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's like what? Well, what are you doing? Like, yeah, that was our policy. Once that truck was booked, it was booked. We're not. Po- I don't You're care if somebody comes off and it was two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars less. I can't do that to somebody. I'm not saying Sorry. I didn't make that mistake earlier sure, in my career because sure. I'm guilty. You know, I'm not going to put myself on a pedestal and say I've never played right. into all of the stereotypes that brokers get. Because I did, you know, I made my mistakes, but I learned a lot of it the hard way. Yeah. And I I completely changed course of the direction later on in my career about it.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And that's basically where I've been at. You know, my whole 10-year yeah. career has been kind of up and down. You know, I thought I knew it all, but then I'm like, boom, I need to learn more. But it's been the last about four, you know, four and a half, five years, I suppose, right after I left the shipper, That became more of a trucker's ally. I think it frustrated me the most when I was at a shipper, you know, because you see it all. You know, at a shipper, I went from a broker to a shipper and seeing how much shippers are paying these brokers and how much truck drivers are getting. You know, we had a receiving dock under my desk. I was on the second floor, they were on the first floor, and we would talk to these guys. And that's what really made me become a trucker's ally because I was tired of it. And the reason why I was tired of it is because It was almost common knowledge within the broker circle how to make more money how to cheat the driver if you will but the truck drivers were not aware they weren't aware that brokers were intentionally you know dogging them on detention they weren't aware how much they could potentially get on a lane they were not aware of all that and i think there's a big shift in the last few years where truck drivers started saying my truck my business my way or my rates and i think we're slowly but surely seeing that of course, the beginning of the first, you know, eight months of 2020, we didn't. But I think yep. in the last month or so, we are finally seeing rates go back up. Truck drivers finally getting what they deserve, you know, rate-wise at least. Um, and hopefully they'll move into the new year there. No, definitely.
1: You know, but there's there's got to be some give and take. Because I think oh, a wait. lot of the numbers that were thrown out there earlier this year were extremely inflated. Yeah. Oh, um, well, of course. I've, and I
0: know what you're I, talking about. Yeah, yes. I know exactly what you're I've talking about. I've
1: never i've never made that margin percentage in my if i put we, it this way if i was making that it. much on, a, yeah craig if i was making and i think yeah you could you would agree with this if you were making that much on a load you would still be brokering freight today oh, of
0: course i would do <laughs> why would you the day and be done with it maybe take monday and friday off if i was killing it right like That. hell yeah yeah but it also made me a little insecure i'm gonna be honest because when i was hearing about them like shit, did the market change for a broker why are brokers killing it when i Definitely wasn't making that back in the day. Yeah. i talk with my buddies in the industry, they're like, I don't see that, I have a part-time job. And I'm like, me too, yeah. I don't I, I understand it, so.
1: No, I feel, I feel you, man. And I think they might've been pulling it on those LTL numbers, you know, where we're charging the customer yeah, $170 I know. and we're getting the uh, the pallet book for a hundred bucks.
0: I, I know, I think that's what a lot of it was. I hate laughing about it, but now since we're kind of out of that, and don't get me wrong, yeah. I talked to a ton of truck drivers who were like, we know that's BS. You know, I work with your shipper sometimes. I know that's BS. (laughs) I'm like, well, I just want to let you know. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, you know, and and like it, 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 to that point though, I've had plenty of carriers that I've talked with and built solid relationships with that. They were set up with the customers that I was set up with and tendering them free. That's what I'm saying. I got more money from the shipper than they could get as an asset truck.
0: Right. You know, because,
1: because of the volume play that I can get where, that one or two truck operation could only handle those two, but if they had a ten load push, they had to get out for that day. I could handle all ten, and they preferred it because it's like, well, of course I'm going to give you my truck. You can give me a hundred more dollars a day than I could getting the load directly from them. So
0: exactly, and you know, I did another video. Um, was Corey from Bunker Hill Trucking? You know, a couple of weeks okay. ago, a few weeks ago. And I like bringing him on because about 80% of his freight is from direct shippers and he only uses okay. still to this day, low boards or, you know, pick up the piece here and there or primarily back hauls. Yeah. And one thing that him and I always talk about is the shipper's always the end goal. However, if you find a great broker, you know, a great brokerage to work with, that is almost better working directly from a shipper because I know being that shipper guy myself, Accessorial charges, hard word to say, or the extra yeah. charges in the industry is seldom accepted by a shipper, but mm-hmm. typically always, or the majority of the time, I should say, the majority of the time, accepted by a broker. And I think that has a lot to do with the contracts. But if I ever needed extra charges, I would rather bill a broker than bill a shipper. I don't know about you, but that's in my experience, it always worked out yeah. well.
1: I mean, you know, and that was the thing is it was like, when there was detention for example we would pay you know because like our days to pay for example with our with our customers they were pushing 90 days and we would pay our carriers within 30 days right you know and then we were hoping that they were going to approve the detention requests and everything else so it's like yeah, i could pay out four hours of detention to a driver and then not get that money from the customer because they like no no no, that that's not valid we checked with the receiver they said that didn't that didn't happen right then i'm out money i can't go back and get that money from from the the driver
0: of course not you know
1: because i mean they're you know what they're gonna tell me if i would call them (laughs) and say that but it's like okay so you know there's there's give and take on that you know where we do front the money for invoices for sometimes i mean and that's 90 days isn't the norm, but there's there's plenty of big shippers out there that don't pay for 120, uh, maybe up to six months sometimes. Right, right. I've been, I've worked in leadership at a very large broker before. I know how that works because I was the one calling asking, why do you owe us $1.2 million right, right now? Yeah. You know, so.
0: That's exactly right. And I know what uh, three little mega brokerage you worked at, and it wasn't the one that started with a T, I yes. want to say that right now. It was will not say the that. one that started with a T, <laughs> but it was a three-letter brokerage. And I have it to was. say a little bit about that brokerage. A lot of my success in trucking, especially at the brokerage uh, that I helped start up with another colleague in the industry of mine, uh, we made our most money off of that brokerage, but they kept our cash afloat because that shipper, you know, their broker, shipper, freight manager, and what have you, uh, they were paying within a week. And so yeah. we, were, we didn't even have to use a factoring company, which you say margin there. And they paid yeah. within a week. So we were able to pay our truck drivers in eight days. Seven days yeah. from the shipper broker, eight days to pay the truck driver. It was awesome. The truckers loved it. You know, we looked of like course. heroes out there.
1: <laughs> no, definitely. And that, that's kind of how we operated at the last brokers that I worked for because the co-owner of the company owned an 80 truck fleet. There we go. So what we would do is if you got us your invoice, you know, BOL, everything checked off. We pay you within seven days for no fee. Oh, where right. A lot right. of, you know, where a lot of brokers, they do charge, you know, 3% quick pay or, or something along those lines. But we never played that game. We were factored. We were backed by a factoring company and we were allowed yep. to do that through them. So it's like, you know, there's there, there are a lot of differences out there between the size of brokerages and, you know, and the smaller ones that are backed financially by a factory company like some carriers are as well you know you can get your cash faster that way and if you get everything in sooner you know because i think a big misconception out there is that a lot of people think it's paid 30 days after the load delivers but that 30 days actually starts once the broker receives the bol and the invoice right so if you don't invoice us for three weeks we're not going to pay you for you know it's not we some brokers aren't going to find you know, for 30 saying. days after I mean, receiving it, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's one thing, you know, I don't know about that the brokerage that you worked at, but, you know, uh, one of the smaller brokers I worked at is called Fastmore. I'm sure a lot of people has heard yeah, about I've them heard out of, of Chicago. Them. Before getting a BOL sent as a picture within 24 hours was a thing. They were pounding that in our heads to do it, you know, as an agent, as a broker to do that. But mainly the sole purpose was... Was to actually pay the driver faster. It yes. wasn't to collect faster because we collect brokers primarily from the same customers at the same time, but it was to start paying the drivers a lot faster. And we're talking about back in 2011 when not yep. everybody had iPhones, they were still pounding this send a picture of your bills, send it into us so we can start your 30 day clock. That's yes. how it was
1: there. Yep. Yep. I agree. I mean, that's the thing is it's like we, we I, I personally don't know any broker who wants to not pay drivers, you know? Yeah, like, get like, it out, granted, get it out of the bank. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. It's <laughs> like, you know, let's let's get them paid, let's move on. Let's get them yep. paid, let's move on. Let, let's, you know, because there that that just boils down to the relationship factor right there, of where course. it's like, hey, we're, we're pushing you to get it so we can get paid faster from our customer because yep. our payment terms start when they receive the invoice and so on. And so, so it's right. just the trickle down
0: effect. Yeah, a lot of the back, all the stuff. So let me ask you this. Now, I'm kind of going into a, a bigger question here. I'm looking for advice for, I have two questions. The first one, I'm looking for advice for people entering the industry. And also, I'm looking for some tips I can give my truck driver friends in my group, freight brokers and truck drivers, some tips they can use to either approach a new shipper or to approach that brokerage account or that brokerage that has a freight. Yeah. What's your advice there?
1: Um, for people coming into the industry,
0: they could be on every real- side of the industry. It could be a broker. Yeah. It could be an agent. A logistics professional, if you will.
1: Logistics professional. They just need to be realistic with their expectations because you can't just make a couple of phone calls and get all of these accounts and just make all this money that just that just doesn't doesn't exist. Right. Um. You know. And then furthermore, know everything about the industry. If you're coming in as a broker, know the laws that apply to a driver. Right. Know the, the the shutdowns. I mean, the you know, safety weeks, everything else, no, absolutely everything. Cause you're going to add value to your customers because you'd be surprised the amount of people out there who don't know it. And then safety week, for example, comes up and they're like, why are the rates so expensive or why is capacity gone? And they're like, oh, it's safety week. So they're like, well, when did you find out about this? Well, it's generally the same week every <laughs> year in June. So, you know, it's just little things like that. Do yeah. the little things because your competition's not doing the little things. I can guarantee you right. that. I have plenty of relationships with plenty of shippers out there, and they all have the exact same complaints. Right. When it boils down to it, you know, and then furthermore, communication. Bingo. It it seems so simple, Craig, but it is such a foreign concept in this industry. And then, you know, it's as simple as, you know, if you're a broker, for example, and you know that there's a four hour offload, tell the carrier when you're in the booking process that, hey, this is what it is, take it or leave it style conversation, not, after they've picked up the load and it's a day of out way. you know, don't don't do those little things because it's not going to get you anywhere. And right. then establish those relationships because, you know, from a, if I was a new driver coming into this industry, not every broker out there is out to to get you. Not every like there are right. brokers who do not play the spot market every day. They want to build these relationships. I mean, just like me and you were trained to do, Craig. I mean, yeah. for the first three months, three months of my job as a broker. I could not take an inbound phone call everything is now establishing lanes where do these carriers want to run what days of the week are they available so i could provide that value to my shipper
0: yeah putting that human touch on it i like it
1: yeah yeah exactly you know and it's like when you're heck as a broker if you have a multi-day transit i don't care if the driver's on tracking or not call them and just see how they're doing you know hey how's it going out there today are you good You know, you'll get a pretty good feel if they want to talk to you or not right away. (laughs) Otherwise, talk to them for 10 minutes. Get to know them. It's it's amazing what these drivers will do for you if they feel respected. Exactly. Brokers, take note of that. Treat them with respect for the love of God.
0: I know. I like that. You know, there's been a big thing in the industry where a lot of my, you know, truck driver friends, I call them veterans of the industry. People have been around longer than I've been alive, really. Uh, But a lot of them will say, you know, I think a broker should work at a trucking company first. And I always say... You don't necessarily need to work at a trucking company to become a better broker. Mm-hmm. You just have to be a better person almost. You know to be a broker. It's you have to understand. You need truck drivers to be a successful broker. If you talk shit to these truck drivers the moment they get to a truck stop, everybody's going to know. Not only that, we have Facebook now. My buddy Kyle Grace figured that out last night or a couple nights ago because you know people threaten to post about them in these Facebook groups and that's pretty yeah. serious in this industry because I think, especially drivers, they hold people accountable, which is good though, because I think everybody needs that, uh, you know, in this industry. So I think your tips are outstanding, especially for a new broker. This isn't a come in, get rich, treat everybody like crap. It's uh, not here. It's um, building relationships. It's a real industry, really.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And it, and it goes, you know, it goes both ways. The respect has to go both ways too. You know, it's like, just like I think everybody who's paying, watching this right now or who's been in this, we all know there's good and bad on both sides. And unfortunately, oh the bad the bad gets the attention. Always. You know, it's it's not the, and I'll say this with confidence, it's not the 95% of the people that are in this industry who love their jobs, they do what's expected, and they go yep. above and beyond for the people that they have relationships with. That's yep. the people that I like to associate myself with.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. And one thing that I noticed you know, real early on with this large group, freight brokers and truck drivers, you know, when I, I've actually ran into truck drivers at, you know, truck stops here yeah. around my town, I met up with people, uh, a good friend of mine, Mark, he's in the group too. I've yeah. actually met up with him not too long ago in town. And one thing I realized we're all different online. We are all different behind the phone. We're all the same when we're standing in the same room.
1: It's oh, of amazing course.
0: how it is. We're, we all have families. We're all looking yeah. to get paid every Friday. <laughs> Most of us <laughs> like drinking beer. We're all yeah. the same. But some reason when we're on the phone, we try to battle against each other. We're on Facebook. We're keyboard warriors. Exactly. End, truck drivers, they do like brokers. Trust me. Brokers do yep. like truck drivers. The majority of them, maybe not these little college interns fresh out of school. True. But as you say, 95%, I have to agree with you on that one. I really believe it's primarily you know positive, at least a relationship side yeah i i I agree
1: and you know it's like i'm i mean that's just how my that's how i choose to view humanity as a whole too you know it's like i just feel like the overwhelming majority of us just want to work hard provide for our families and go home at the end of the night
0: and they don't want to be screwed by some corporate company i.e exactly truck drivers want to be able to pay their truck note every week they want to be Mm -hmm. able to pick up deliver come back home on the weekends they don't want to mess with begging for detention or dealing with shady, truck, uh, you know, freight brokers, or yeah. worrying if they're gonna get paid. All they want to do is win, just like brokers want to win. Um, I don't think anybody's really won in 2020. Hopefully, yeah. in 2021, we're winning a little bit more, but it's still there.
1: It's been it's been a roller coaster to say the
0: least. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Luckily, I've been talking to some truck driver friends that are telling me they're recouping some dollars, but I know it's still definitely not enough compared to. Yeah. Not the only truck drivers are brokers, ton of brokers friends. You know, I say luckily, but I no longer broker day to day. So I'm not worrying about my book of customers. But if I did have a book of customers, I can imagine I'll be struggling just as much, if not the same, you know, than other brokers.
1: Yeah, you know, but it's like I, on the flip side though, Craig, I know some brokers that this is the best year that they've had. They haven't missed a beat because they just stuck to what they're good at. They treated their drivers with Boom. respect. Yeah. The drivers didn't I like that. play the rate. They didn't go out there and be like, oh, it's a dollar a mile now. They're like, no, no, no. They didn't play that game. They kept a the consistent pricing with their customers. And then in turn, now that the market flipped, yeah. the carriers aren't overcharging them. They're like, Hey, listen, I just, can you give me a couple hundred extra dollars? Right. And then you go to your customer and you get that money. Cause they're like, yeah, you're still $500 less than everybody else is quoting us right now. Right. So we'll gladly pay you that.
0: Exactly. You know? and it's,
1: it's that given that take, you ride the ebb and the flow and you try and minimize the the height of the peak and the low of the valley yeah you know and you're trying to have it as straight line as possible
0: yeah and i can imagine some people either watching in the facebook group or listening on the podcast talk freight. i bet some people can't even relate because they're so used to picking freight off the load boards they're yeah. saying, "Wait, brokers give you extra money you know here or there and the truth is yes same as truck drivers truck drivers do give favors to brokers believe it or not yeah but typically it's on a relationship type basis either as a broker texting driver, driver texting broker. Of course. Hell, a lot of times, there's a broker texting truck driver's wife, <laughs>
1: you mm-hmm. know, how to
0: coordinate that. You don't get that on low boards. You get the quick, hey, I need money, click. Exactly, you know,
1: Craig. You know, a, a big piece of information uh, out there, n- the good freight is not on the load boards. Not I'm gonna at all. i tell you that right now. It is all pre-booked with regulars. Yeah. All of the power lanes, all of the high-paying loads that I had as a broker yep. were given to my core carrier group.
0: That's They exactly They had
1: first writer refusal. I didn't want to post. I don't, I don't like posting freight. Right. Like, at all because- Home blows up. Yeah, it's- it, it's just you're 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 not sourcing it properly and that's not a value add to any customer out there that goes to carriers and and brokers alike it's not a value add that you're posting up their freight or just giving it to anybody it's like if i was a trucking company and i was bringing on a new driver like i'm not just gonna hire and onboard anyone like they need to be like they're representing my company of course yeah you know they need to have the highest safety standards they have to pass all of the Drug screening, the you know the health and safety, the like I have to go through all of that. Like, yeah. why roll the dice on a less than stellar record? It's not worth I'm it, especially you. for how hard it is to keep customers. Like, it's not just like we can just pick up the phone and get a new customer every single day. Like, right. the most sustainable relationships I've found in this industry as a broker took me six to eight months just to win one shipment. Right.
0: And then it's like a lot a- of work to keep that yeah. customer happy. There's a lot
1: of hoops. That's a lot of hoops we have to jump through, you yep. know? And it's like, oh, hey, your standard bare bones, $100,000 cargo insurance, that doesn't fly with us. We need a half a million. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, so At it's like that. 20 and then- yeah. Exactly. And it's like, oh, and your uh, contingent umbrella. Yeah, we need 4 million in coverage, not a million. And you're like, okay. So yeah, I mean, there's, there, there's a lot of things out there yeah. for that. And then, you know, like there's legitimate... Action plans that we have to have to come up with in the event that hey, when a truck breaks down, what are you going to do? Yep. What are you going to handle in this situation? Yep. You know, like it's it's not just hey, Mister Customer, give me all your freight. I know a lot of younger brokers out there are watching this. Are like, oh well, my boss told me all I got to do is make a couple of calls and get some customers. That just doesn't work.
0: <laughs> yeah, not at all. You know, a lot of people think that this logistics industry is like that because I think of Instagram. I think a lot of people yeah. are. You know there and one thing i want to pull up um as you mentioned let me see if i can do it here uh probably won't let me but i'm gonna try it so on my website uh craigbliss.com let's see if it's gonna show it uh i have resources and this is let me drop us both down here i have little resources right here whoops wrong one i have little resource to kind of help not only truck drivers but also detention if you're a truck driver you can definitely go through these resources like a load board workflow uh, you know, cargo claimed, you know, carrier, whatever. Uh, just a few resources kind of look to think like a broker, but I like it there because um, resources is big. If you kind of stay consistent, you know, as we're talking about now, um, that's how you win. And when you have, whoops, there we go. Sorry about that. There we go. Yeah. That's when you fair. have resources, when you have SOPs or procedures in place, that's how you stay consistent and that's how you win. That's why when I left the brokerage that I was at, all of my resource I use, like the detention cheat sheet, you yeah. know, load board workflows, factor info and guidelines. I mean, there's a few things there. I uploaded to my website, because I said, truck drivers need this. If brokers yeah. are li- living off of these or living with standard operating procedures, truck drivers can benefit the same, and that's why I took it out the brokerage handbook. Boom! Right there on my website, free. I love it. Taken.
1: I love it. You know, they're they're like that. It's extremely beneficial. You know, and it's oh, it like. Is. Anytime, like, I mean, the rate confirmation says a lot too, and, and, and it doesn't say a lot as well. So it's like, if I'm a truck driver and I ever get a non appointment time load, for example, yeah. you know, you're going to want to verify all of that information because there's a good possibility that the broker hasn't set the appointment yet, right. or they just never called the receiver, which right. I'm sure every, every driver out there right now is like, no shit, <laughs> you know, but it's like at the same time, they'll like get that information and call them, and then or else, Tell the broker, I'm not moving unless I have a confirmed time. Yeah, I know. You know, and then you you just need to get that information because there's a a lot of, as I know I'm preaching to the choir out there from a lot of the drivers, there's a lot of lazy brokers who don't do their job as a lot of you guys know.
0: My biggest pet peeve, one thing we're going to end on, it kind of triggered me, if you will. Uh, One of my biggest pet peeves is the manipulation of brokers where they're late for booking a load or maybe their current truck driver fell off. So they rebook it knowing the new truck driver missed the appointment and they sit there like an idiot thinking, oh, did you miss your appointment? I didn't know appointment was set. I'm thinking you are costing a truck driver potentially a thousand dollars because yeah. most of them like making a grand a day, or I should say the truck has to gross a grand a day. Yeah. And if a truck driver is, you know, hanging out all willy nilly at a ship or receiver because of a missed appointment he wasn't aware about. That, that stuff really grinds me. You know, it grinds my gears there because I think it's just pure manipulation, direct manipulation while that broker is going home to his family.
1: No, I, I, I agree with you, Craig, because it's like, and then furthermore, brokers need, to, any broker out there who's watching this, you do not look good in your customer's eyes by right. not doing this. If a truck falls off for whatever reason and you have to reschedule it, call the damn shipper and let them know. Yeah. Because... There's a 99.9% chance that they will work that appointment around. Yeah, I've worked with every major shipper out there, so I don't want anybody crying afoul saying, oh, a foul and saying, "Oh, you can't!" I know
0: that's fat.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's like, "Oh, you can't! You can't do that!" That like that's just what that's just the BS that you're told. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, exactly. but that's not true. You call the shipper or receiver, let them know of this, and then because here's the thing: if they have if it has to roll to tomorrow, it's going to roll to tomorrow, and yep. you're going to have to let your customer know. You know, so it's like, I, just don't play, don't. Play into these games, brokers. Like, Don't think that you like. Right. – it is your responsibility to your customer first and foremost yep. to let them know what's going on with their freight. It's also your responsibility to let the drivers know what's going on because do you really want to have a pissed off driver and a pissed off customer? Right. I, I would rather just take 30 seconds and of make course. a phone call and make it go away
0: yeah i know and, but not everybody thinks like that and the thing is what i hate most about these mega brokerages not only that little three-letter word one but the other one yeah these brokers I hate even calling them brokers are more like interns because they don't know how to operate like a broker when a truck driver's having a problem do you know what they do they put their phone on silent and keep passing the phone i that's why on my website craigbliss.com i have that report a broker you know section there because no. trust me at times we get flooded with reports of brokers and of course, you know, I tally them up and I help where I can, but I'm going to tell you, no less than 95% of the issues that I see that I try to help truck drivers have with brokerage companies is the minimum wage employee on the other side of the phone, uh, thinking they're a big shot or thinking they're no. the actual broker when in, when in fact they're most likely a logistics coordinator, make a minimum wage. I hate that mostly because a truck driver is a business owner, not yeah. that intern. He's an employee. No. A truck driver no, is a business owner, and you're treating a business owner like crap. I hate yeah. it. Yeah, that's yeah, right. You can see I get more emotional about it because it. I couldn't tell. Yeah, it, I hate I'm it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm right there with you, man, because it's like, you know, it boils down to it as well. If I'm uh, like, when I was a sales rep, if, if my logistics coordinator wasn't doing their job, yeah. I mean, I was graded as a broker that I had to be at 98% on time pick and delivery, oh. had to, or I was kicked out. That's how, <laughs> that's how FDA loads work. Oh, That's how right, reefer right, loads right. work. I'm with you. Yep, yep. If I didn't operate it, that I was out. I lost my book of business. Got it. So if my brokers, my carrier reps and my logistics coordinators aren't answering drivers questions and everything else, that's a problem. You yep. got a problem here because we got to work together. Let's not work against each other. Let's work with each other.
0: Exactly. Especially when you're, when you're the sales rep, you know, at the end of the day, that's your account. It's like that baby there it's that's what pays you so you need to make yeah. sure that account and the person handling your account which is truck driver um it's handling it just fine there you know at the end yeah, of the day I, they're representing your customer i i agree and it's like you know the, the, furthermore
1: if it's a new shipper or receiver pick up the damn phone and call them do not take your customer's word for it because if they're not affiliated with those facilities Find out about them. Find out, hey, do you need the driver to go to the third? Is the truck entrance at the third entrance for your facility? Is there only parking?
0: I mean, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. You can find out all this in a 30-second phone call. Get ahead of it. Find out the real. I mean, I can't, you know, Craig, it's like I I just learned this through failure where (laughs) I took my customer's word for it. They sent it over with a 2 p.m. appointment. I call the facility. Actually, we close at 1. You're like, oh, okay. I'm glad I called you on this one. You know, so it's like those little things. Just take 30 seconds. That's your job as a broker. Yep. Okay, first and foremost, that's your job. Find this information out to update your customer. Let them know, because who knows? It could have been a sales rep from five years ago who activated You're that exactly right. facility, and then they just left, and nobody thought to confirm that anything changed on there. And so be proactive. Exactly. Save everybody time.
0: I like Save everybody time. And when, you know, coming on the broker. Back to win. Win. <laughs> i being proactive and that's what definitely sets the people apart. Who's, uh, the small agents and the big agents, yeah. you know, the big agencies are out there winning small agencies. Typically they're so small, probably missing something, but it can be easily fixed with just a few simple changes within their operation. And I'm glad you're out there doing that with the freight coach or with, um, Chris Jolly there or with your company, Chris Jolly there. So, you know, Chris, I'm definitely glad I had you on here. I've been meaning to do this for a while. But glad, you know, our buddy Jamin finally connected us. Yeah, definitely. So we can kind of coordinate this. I had Jamin on a few months ago. It was an outstanding show, outstanding podcast. Um, so definitely glad you're on there. And definitely, you know, is nice to see a fresh face on the industry who's also helping, you know, truck drivers, freight agents, freight brokers, anybody who's little in the industry is not a mega, um, who's looking to go to the next level. You seem and sound to be like that guy. So definitely appreciate it there. Well, you know, I've learned a lot of what
1: not to do in this industry, Craig, so it's easy for me to help people navigate because those shortcuts don't exist. Yeah, no, <laughs>
0: I, I looked for them. I, I haven't yeah. found them. Yeah, exactly. One thing, uh, our takeaway here before we end it here, my buddy, Corey, he said, to make a million in trucking, you need to start with two million.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I right.
0: But Chris, I appreciate it. And I'll catch you on another Talk or Make More Money, Monday show later on here.
1: Hey, Craig, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, no
0: problem. See you later. We'll see ya. Alrighty, that was awesome. I've been meaning to get Chris on here, talk on the show here, but I was never really connected with him. Um, he's mainly in the LinkedIn world, which I'm not on, I'm on LinkedIn, but I really don't do much with my LinkedIn there, as probably you guys have all noticed with the lack of posting videos there. But my buddy, Jamin, um, he introduced Chris, Jolly, and I together. And I think it's great stuff. If you guys are not familiar with him, You guys can pop onto his LinkedIn um, as Chris Jolly. As you guys seen, you guys probably recognize the orange there, Uh, but great stuff. You know, valuable resource. I know he just joined our group, Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers, so you guys can tag him and whatnot if you guys have questions, you know, about um, that there. But as I said earlier, uh, oh, I, I see your comment, Matthew, or they say first come first serve, or they say first come first serve. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's why I need to call these people. Cause sometimes not even appointment, they're like, we're waiting on you. (laughs) And so that's why you have to call these people kind of verify um, what it is there. So uh, Matt, it's been a while. Matthew it has been a while since I seen you in the Facebook group. So good seeing you there. But anyways, that's basically all I got tonight for this make more money show sponsored by truckstop.com. Now I'm not having one this coming up Monday. What a surprise here. I'm actually closing on my house. My first house I bought on Monday. And so I'm not working Monday, probably not working Tuesday, so I can figure all that stuff out. But I will keep everybody updated. Uh, Hope everybody has a great weekend. I'm about to start my weekend now with tacos and margaritas. That's my Friday tradition. I hope y'all have a Friday tradition if you guys are not in the truck. But until next time, remember, say no to cheap freight, remain professional, and let's continue to figure out ways to make more money in the year 2020. I'll see you guys later.